name is uh, Marike Terre, and I'm a researcher and uh, associate professor at the Department of Epidemiology and Data Science from the Amsterdam University Medical Center's location, UMC. I do a lot of research myself, but I um, also give lectures on how to perform research in medical areas. I've been part of the CRTH program, and I've written a book called A Quick Guide on How to Conduct Medical Research. And in that book, we've also focused on the topic that I will be discussing with you today. In this podcast, I will be discussing how to formulate a research question and all the steps that are involved in that process and things you need to consider. The development of this podcast has been funded by the European Hematology Association. If you want to listen to other related materials, please visit the EHA campus at www.ehaweb.org. So, first of all, every study starts off by translating an idea into a proposal. Translating a research idea into high quality research is not always easy. Many steps need to be taken first. And the best way to start off is to write a research proposal. In a research proposal, all steps of the research that is going to be conducted are worked out. It provides a structure for the research. It describes every activity that will be carried out at every stage of the study. For the researcher him or herself, the proposal provides the structure of the research without losing focus. Other researchers can understand and judge what the intention of the study is using your proposal. Every details of all the steps at every stage of the trial or study are being worked out. The proposal starts off with the scientific background. The scientific background is used to position the idea, your research idea, within the current knowledge, understanding and literature. The hourglass template could be used to write your scientific background, but could also be used to help when writing your manuscript. The hourglass template, picture an hourglass that starts off white, becomes smaller, and then becomes wider again. That is also the concept for writing your scientific background or your manuscript. So you start off your background broad. You write down what the current understanding and area of the visit are, and you back it up with up-to-date literature. And you finalize your scientific background by stating your research question. Your research question should logically be developed from the research gap you have described in your background. At the moment, when writing the background, you are still a bit wide and then ending with your research question, you have become more narrow. 
Then you write your methods part. That is even more narrow. So then you're really more specific, especially when presenting your results. That is really specific for your study. And then when discussing your results into what the effects might be for the general population or the research area you are working in, you have become wider again. And that is the concept of the outdoors template. So the scientific background or introduction contains a description of the healthcare problem or disease. In it, it is described what the relevant knowledge, theories and or concepts are supported by up-to-date literature. You review the existing literature in short, you describe the research problem and the research gap. Then you end with your research question, which follow directly from your background. And for readers, it becomes clear how your research will contribute to closing the research gap. I would like to provide you with some tips that might help you to write your scientific background. Remember to formulate some key sentences that explain your message. Your key sentences together should provide the overall message of your introduction. Every key sentence should be the main message of a paragraph. And a key sentence is, should be placed at the beginning or at the end of a paragraph, where it is advisable to use sentences to link the paragraph. And then you end with your research question. The second part of your proposal contains the research question, something which seems to be just one sentence, but is actually the main important item of your entire study. The primary research question or your research aim results from the research gap in your background. The main focus of the research is to answer this question. And of course, secondary and even tertiary research question or aims are investigated as well. But the main research question is the most important because it forms the basis for the in and exclusion criteria, the sample size calculation, the statistical analysis you are able to perform, and even the type of research design that could be applied. Therefore, it is important to have a well-defined and specified research question. And there are some type of models that you could use to work out your research question, making it impossible to forget items that are important to be included. And I'm going to discuss with you three type of models, the PICO, the PECO, and the SPIDER model. So first of all, the PICO model. The PICO model is used for intervention studies. And the following items are worked out in the research question. The P for patient or research population or the research problem. I stands for the intervention. C for the comparison. O for the outcome variable. And if possible, the T for time period, which is sometimes added to the question. Not always a necessity, but if you have or you're going to assess your outcome over a certain time period, try to include it in your research question. The PECO model is used for non-interventional studies and includes again the P for patient 
research population or research problem. The E for exposure, also referred to as determinant or prognostic factor. See a comparison, if there is any. O, outcome, and T again for time. At last, the spider model could be used for qualitative studies or mixed method studies, which are a combination of quantitative and qualitative studies. In that case, the S stands for the sample or the population, the PI for phenomenon of interest, the D for the design of the study, the E for the evaluation of the outcome, and the R for the research type. Bearing in mind these items, make sure that your research question is well-designed, specific, and it allows the reader to already think about, okay, what type of internet exclusion criteria should there be present? What is the outcome? So what type of statistical analysis could be performed? After the definition of the background and the research question, you need to define your study population. The research population or study population should be selected with an aim to be able to generalize your findings back to the overall population. So the aim is to generalize your sample, your findings to a target population. The target population are all people with a disease of interest or determinant on the entire world or in one country, for example. The study population is a smaller proportion of the target population and zooms in on all the people with the disease of interest in, for example, one or more hospitals. The sample is the population included in your study. It is a much smaller proportion of the target population. And the sample is usually established by applying in and exclusion criteria. The more in an exclusion criteria apply, the smaller the target population becomes on which you want to generalize your findings. This is what you need to consider when interpreting your results to the target population. In other words, if you have applied really strict in an exclusion criteria, your findings can only be generalized to those patients which complied to the in exclusion criteria. So that is something you always need to discuss in the discussion part of your manuscript. So now you have your research question and you have your population. And also all part of the research question, of course. But then you have your endpoint of your question or your study. And that is actually the most important part. Because the endpoint you have chosen forms the basis for your sample size calculation, the in and exclusion criteria, but also for which statistical analysis you will be able to perform later on. Therefore, you need to choose one endpoint because a composite endpoint could also be used, but these are more difficult to interpret by colleagues and patients. And they are also more difficult to apply for a sample size calculation. Because a sample size calculation can only be made on one type of outcome. So with the endpoint in mind, the power and possible estimates have to be defined, 
which can be based on literature or clinical expertise. Keep in mind that one sample size calculation will be done, which forms the power for the primary question. Therefore, there is always a limited power for secondary or exploratory endpoints, something you often see back in discussions of the manuscripts. Now, I would like to go over you for a type of example on a research question I came across often in um, a lot of hematology studies. So, an example that I, that I often came over was the following statement. What is the safety and efficacy, and then a name of drug would be written down, for patients with a certain disease, for example, sickle cell disease? So the research question would be, what is the safety and efficacy of drug A for patients with sickle cell disease? And that was usually the research question. Well, you can imagine this is a very broad research question, making it quite impossible to perform a sample size calculation on. Therefore, I always first started off by asking the researcher the following items. Are you going to compare the drug with a comparator? If so, then you need to specify that in your question, the C for comparator. Are you going to include all patients with sickle cell disease or will you focus on a specific age? If so, then always specify the age in your research question. Will you follow the patients indefinitely or for a certain period? And when are you going to assess the endpoints? And which endpoints for safety or efficacy will you use? By specifying that, you will know which instruments you can use. Safety and efficacy are large terms that encompass many different endpoints. What will be the specific endpoints which will allow you to perform a sample size calculation? For example, the number of adverse events. By specifying these items, the researcher has changed the former question to the following. What is the time to response of CRISPR-Cas9 in sickle cell disease patients aged 18 to 50 years old, compared to placebo after one year of treatment. With this question now in mind, we, could have, we can all distract what is the endpoint, in this case, time to response. We can imagine what specific exclusion criteria could be. So people need to have sickle cell disease, they have to be aged 18, to 50, they should not have any complications or allergies for the treatment they're going to receive um, that are in an exclusion criteria that come up to me as a reader of this question. The time to outcome is specified, so I know you're going to check after one year of treatment. And because the outcome is a time to outcome, a time to response, I can already imagine that survival analysis need to be performed. So including all these items in a research question allows me as a reader to recognize what I expect, what the topic will be in this study. Therefore, it is really important to focus and work on a really good specific research question. That is what I wanted 
to tell you today. Why is the research question so important? Because it forms the basis of the Indian exclusion criteria, sample size calculations, and therefore also uh, the ability for readers to see would this be a study that we would like to finance, for example. Specifying your research question could be done according to the PICO model, the PICO model, or the SPIDER model. At least all three have in common that you need to specify this patient or population, the phenomenon of interest or intervention or exposure, a possible comparison, if there is any, the outcome of your study, time or research type. By focusing on the research question, it makes you really consider the type of outcome you're going to use. Safety and efficacy are broad terms that allow you not to perform any sample size calculations. on. So specify, choose for one type of outcome and all the other parts of safety and efficacy are secondary or exploratory outcomes. I truly hope this podcast helps you to define and develop and write specific research questions, improving your research proposal, and therefore making it more possible to perform high quality research. I would really like to thank you for your attention and wish you all the best. Music